Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. You have entered Back From The Borderline, where we walk willingly into the darkness within our minds and return home to ourselves transformed. I'm your host, Molly. I spent most of my life numbing the pain and emptiness inside me, unaware that my self-sabotaging behaviors and thoughts were destroying my ability to connect with myself and other people. One day, I decided I was sick enough of my own bullshit to hear life calling, telling me it was time for a change, and I decided to answer that call. On this podcast, we'll learn that when we see ourselves as the hero of our own journey, it gives us the best chance at finding our inner truth and integrity. Together, We'll learn to hold complex feelings, expand our consciousness and self-awareness while making meaning of our suffering. Are you ready to find out who you are underneath the weight of everything that's been keeping you stuck? If the answer is yes, follow me down the rabbit hole of psychological and spiritual growth. I'm so glad you're here. And with that, let's dive straight in to the episode. Welcome back, everyone. It's so good to have you here with me. Emptiness, numbness, feeling so empty that you feel terrified at the same time, feeling numb and scared at the same time. Chronic feelings of emptiness is a symptom of BPD. But I also think it affects a lot of people, not just those of us with borderline personality disorder. I've been thinking a lot lately about emptiness and how much of an impact those chronic feelings of emptiness have had on my life while at the same time being the symptom that is the most difficult to explain to someone who doesn't get it. So that combination of feeling so deeply in so it's in such deep pain, but at the same time being unable to describe that to someone who just profoundly doesn't understand it if they haven't gone through it themselves is a really isolating thing. So I think it doubles down on us feeling like something's wrong with us. And so we further retreat, we further freeze. And that is such a terrifying feeling. Now I'm taking a different approach today. I've been battling a lot of imposter syndrome making this podcast. I think like if I don't prepare something with like a bunch of research behind it and structure it in such a way that I'm going to like lose all engagement. So then I freeze and it's like I take more than a week to come out and 
deliver a podcast for all of you, which is what you're experiencing now. I'm going through my own BPD recovery right now live um, with all of you. And I thought, you know, why don't I just share that? I want to share the reality of what I'm going through, kind of sometimes just a free association of what's going on in my mind right now. And when I think about emptiness, as it's been kind of having me in its clutches the last couple of weeks, I realized that I should maybe think about when is the first time I felt empty? Like it's not, it's not like I was born feeling empty right there. Clearly there was like a precipitating moment. Is that the, I don't even know if that's the right way of saying it. It's clearly there was a um, patient zero moment of my emptiness feelings. Like there was a first time I ever felt this numb, frozen feeling that I get. And when I thought about it, I, I actually narrowed it down to when I first felt that feeling, I think. And this will require me taking you on a story, story time right now to little Molly, probably five years old, I would say, maybe definitely around that age. My have a an older sister. She's my half sister. We share the same dad and she's about eight years older than me. And she came into my room when I was around five and I was raised Catholic. And, uh, my older sister, she told me that she had just gotten back from Catholic confirmation class. And now if any of you are raised Catholic, you'll know what I mean. But being confirmed basically means that you like study up on all the Catholic stuff. And then you kind of are inducted into (laughs) formal Catholicism. I don't know. It's like a big test, right? And you have to go to study classes and Brandy, my older sister was going to these classes. And so she was, getting her spiritual education. And I'm a five-year-old child who, you know, doesn't really understand much. I went to Catholic church and I remember going to Catholic church with my grandmother who, um, I had to actually ask my grandmother at church whether our priest was God. (laughs) I said, oh, there's God. And my grandmother said, no, no, that's Father Gary. I couldn't wrap my mind around this whole God concept. I thought that the priest was God. And my grandma had to explain to me that God was like this more esoteric thing. And of course, like the more esoteric things got when I was five, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't understand it. So not going to think about that. Right. So Fast forward to this time in my room where I'm five years old and my older sister, Brandy, comes storming into my room and she's talking about what she learned in Catholic confirmation class. No ill intent behind behind this, I'm sure, by the way, but she mentioned something to me that if you lied, then you would go to hell. And of course, I my ears pricked up at this because I was like, oh shit, I actually lie quite a bit <laughs> in my five-year-old brain. Oh wow, uh-oh, I lie. So what's this hell place? I, this affects me. I need to hear about this. And I don't remember the ins and outs of this conversation, but I asked my sister, you know, what's this hell place? And we have to go there if we lie? Well, uh-oh. And 
my older sister, Brandy, I think quite nonchalantly was just, you know, like, yeah, well, if you lie, you go to hell and hell is where you just basically go and have to live with Satan and all the other bad people in the world. And then you're there forever. And I remember my childhood brain thinking forever, like forever, ever. And then that concept of forever actually paralyzed me with fear. And I remember thinking about being dead forever in that moment as a child and for lying. Like in my childhood brain, I thought first, oh no, I've already done the worst thing. All these things that, that supposedly lead to me going to this hell place. I've already done all of them. So I was filled with like simultaneously this sense of shame that I've already done the worst human thing and now I'm going to hell. And then now I have to process being there forever and being dead forever. And that feeling as a child absolutely filled my body with terror. And then I started thinking about what was I before I was born? Like, I, I don't remember being conscious and all of these things, this, this, this sheer weight of <laughs> consciousness and humanity bore down on me as a five-year-old little girl. And I remembered this moment and the, the sheer thought of that. And I remember getting out of my bed and going and putting my book on tape on. Like I used to listen to like a tape player and I put my tape on um, to play myself a story. And I just shut those feelings out because they were too big for me to tackle. And I thought, holy shit, I remembered, that's the first time I remember feeling that empty, numb feeling. Because even now describing that feeling as a child gives me this pain, this, this tightness in my chest. I can I identify the emotion. And that feeling, the weight of dying and going to hell and all of these existential thoughts that, that were put on me, by accident, by my older sister, right? She didn't think she was going to fuck me up in that, in that interaction. Um, and it's not her fault, but it's like, it's just so happened that all of that bore down on me. And I lived in a household where I didn't feel like I could go talk about these big, huge existential feelings with my family. Not even just, that wasn't the way my family interacted with one another. I didn't feel like I could talk about these big, big feelings, or I thought that they would be minimized. And just like, don't worry about it. And so what did I do? I shut down. I learned to put those feelings away because if those feelings were even too big and too scary to talk to my parents about, then something must be wrong with me. I must be the only person that feels this way. And so I shut it out. And I tell you all this story because I want you to think about what are those feelings that you get today What's underneath those? If you feel that empty feeling, when's the first time you remember feeling empty? Because what I've learned about emptiness is that it's usually indicative of someone who has had to push and repress down some of these big, huge, scary feelings as a very small child. And the adults around you were not the caregivers that you could go to 
to talk about these emotions with. So you felt like you either had to shamefully push them down or that you had no one to go to, to go to. And so then as adults, we feel like this, it's the same story, but instead of feeling those big feelings, we've gotten so good at pushing them down that all that's remaining is this numbness. What I've learned now is that now I'm learning to think about those feelings and sit with them. Now that I know what I do, that feeling isn't so scary anymore. I'm learning that as an adult, I can go sit with that child version of Molly, that little girl, and tell her what I needed to hear back then, which was, it's okay. I know that the thought of dying feels really, really big and scary, but there's nothing wrong with you. All you have to do is focusing on being here present in this moment. And you are part of something that is so much bigger than you. And you are held by God, by a loving presence, by this mother earth. You are a part of a beautiful, intricate pattern that holds everything together. You're an important piece of that. That's what I would have told that little girl. But instead, she sat there feeling like the world is a scary place and that she was going to be rotting in this fake place called hell forever and ever because she lied. (laughs) Right? Even just talking to you all about this now, this is so powerful, me being able to verbalize this to you. And I encourage you to think about these big feelings that scared you. Think about the precipitating event, that the, the patient zero moment. What was your patient zero numbness moment? And maybe have the courage to sit with those feelings again because you're no longer that little child. You have the benefit of the years of wisdom You have probably dear friends around you who would gladly give you a big hug and talk to these things, talk about these things with you and not ever make you feel shame. You're no longer that little child and you can go to that little child and be with them and relive that moment with them and walk them through how you're there to support them now. It's just like, so it is. I can breathe a sigh of relief when I'm talking about this. That's how comforting it feels. This is so off the rails of what I would normally do for an episode, but I'm really challenging myself to be as vulnerable as possible and to speak to you all from a really real place within my heart and share with you some of the things that I'm actually going through right now. This is what recovery looks like. It's having the courage to sit with these things that felt like the big, bad, scary monsters as children and realize it's not so scary. It just needs a little bit of light shined onto it. It needs the light of your adult, kind, self-compassionate awareness shined onto it. That's all it needs. And you'll realize that slowly but surely, you feel lighter. I'm, I'm feeling even as I'm sharing this with you, it's like the weights are coming off of my shoulders. It's not so scary anymore. And I, the last sentiment I want to leave you with is something else I've been really working on in my own recovery right now. And that is 
The goal of life is not to be happy. I realized the lie that has been sold to us that we go even for help with our mental health and some of us go to get help with our mental health because we see a sign in ourselves, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not feeling happy, something must be wrong. And then we shame ourselves, oh, I'm having these negative emotions, so that means something's wrong with me. So then we double down on that feeling and we think, what's the point? Something's wrong. I need to go get a pill to make myself feel happy. Our barometer is, is happy or nothing. It's like we're splitting on our own recovery. We're splitting on our own chance at having a life worth living. The barometer cannot be happy, <laughs> happy or nothing. It Happiness is only valuable to us because sadness exists. We wouldn't be able to experience love as this incredible feeling if we didn't also know what it felt like to be want to die because we've lost something. I'm learning to realize that a sense of contentedness, neither happy nor sad, just this moment, this, this sense of solid presence, that is what emotional wellness means. I'm throwing away the expectation that things have to be perfect, that I have to be in a state of happiness all the time that my relationship has to fill me with amazing butterflies, otherwise something's wrong. I'm throwing away this barometer I always have where I feel like I'm just like, I'm I'm a thermometer. It's If it's not at 100% happiness, beep, 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 beep. As soon as I'm going down to 90%, I'm going, "Uh uh-oh, something's wrong. Maybe I'm not doing this enough. Maybe my partner isn't um, the one for me. Maybe, Maybe I made a mistake in taking this job. Fuck. Why are we already looking for some, why, why, why is our life shit if we're not at 100% happiness? And we live in a society that expects that of us. And now what I'm realizing is I have to throw, I have to see clearly the lie that society is telling me. And I have to exist in this state of wise mind, this state of center that is neither exceedingly happy, nor am I a worthless worm crawling on the ground with that doesn't deserve even to have a meal. That's sometimes how fucking awful I feel about myself. I need to, to realize that happiness is not the goal. Why can we say, why can we not make the new goal? Let's move our goalpost to solid, centered, grounded. And when we get those fleeting moments of happiness, oh, we love them. We appreciate them. But we float back to this calm center. And yes, we're going to have some really dark times too. And so it's going to drag us down into the the worm worthless state. But we always know that eventually we're going to feel those feelings and we're going to come back to this state of calm, present awareness. Throw away your expectation being pure happiness all the time. Question the voice that tells you something's wrong when you're not happy. Question that voice. 
say, no, I may not be feeling feelings of overwhelming happiness, but I feel safe now. I feel loved now by myself. I I love myself now. I feel safe now. I'm choosing to go get a glass of water and put on something that makes me feel comfortable and happy and treat myself to a coffee today. I'm choosing to feel centered and grounded. I choose what my emotional reactions are. I'm throwing away happiness as the expectation and I'm going to question the part of myself that starts to tell me I'm a failure if I'm not feeling happy. And I encourage you to do the same. Ah, that felt really good. It felt really, really good to talk to all of you as if we were just having a cup of coffee together. I'm going to work on doing this more. I questioned myself today. I thought, wow, Molly, if you don't come with a structured plan of what to say, all these listeners that you've, you've gained, they're going to not want to listen to your podcast anymore because you haven't prepared something. (laughs) And I am getting a little emotional now because of how hard I am on myself. And if you have liked this episode, (laughs) just know that like, listen, you're, you're, you are not alone in these feelings that you have. Like I am the person putting this out. I've almost got 17,000 downloads of this thing in three months. And I'm still terrified that I'm like, not going to be good enough. So just, but I push past that because I know that's not reality. That is my inner critic telling me that. And I'm going to be brave and post this episode because my soul is telling me that someone needs to hear this. All of it. I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to put it out. Because my soul believes that someone needs to hear this. And right now I'm telling you what. I'm, I'm emotional, but it's really happy tears. Because I'm putting out genuine authenticity into the world and telling you that these moments, this is what's healed me. I could give you step one, step two, here, meditate every morning, do this. No, these are great tools, but what it takes is sitting down, feeling your feelings, thinking, when was the first time I felt like this? Going back to that little child, telling them being the parent they needed in that moment and realizing it was always within you and it's always going to be within you and that you are part of something so much bigger, regardless of what you believe, whether you believe in God, whether you believe in um, a higher power, whether you believe, but there is something there that has you, that's holding you. There's something there, I assure you. And I encourage you to be held by that presence as you gain the courage to dive back into these scary moments of your childhood and realize they're not so scary now that you have you with you. You get me? You're there now. I know how strong you are. 
because I feel it in myself too. And I know that we're all connected and you have this strength within you too. And that I'm sharing this free association, just this freestyle of talking in hopes that it's going to connect to the right person at the right time. And then you're going to share this with someone else. And then they're going to share it and they're going to be touched by it. And it's going to encourage them to dive into these feelings of their own and the healing will spread. That's my hope. I don't have any one, two, three step routines. I don't have any supplements or things you should buy to do this. This is free work. This is on your own work. And I think it could heal so many people. So here I am bravely sharing. I'm proud of myself for doing this. I'm scared, but I'm also proud. And being scared, but then choosing to do something anyway is what bravery is. So that's what I'm doing. And I encourage you to do something brave today too. And that can be something really small, like doing this, like going and being there for the little child version of you that's still there inside of you now. So with that, I leave all of you and I hope that you have the most amazing day. And I'd love to hear comments, feedback. Um, Reach out to me on Instagram if you found this helpful. It's um, all of my Instagram handles, the website, everything is in the show notes. So check into the episode description for that. Write me a review on Apple Podcasts, please. (laughs) I'd love to hear um, what you thought about this. If you'd want me to do more free association, just kind of freestyle episodes like this, I really need to hear the feedback. I do. I'm telling you what I need. I'm being brave and vulnerable to say these are my needs. Please give me feedback because I was really scared to do this and I hope it's received well. So thank you all so much. Um, You're so valued. I am still working on Patreon. Patreon. (laughs) I'm going to be launching that within the next couple of weeks. So this is something I'm going to build. I'm going to make this bigger. I'm going to do this. So love each and every one of you for everyone who's reached out to me directly um, already, whether that's YouTube, Instagram, Apple podcast reviews, all of it, emails, I hear and see every single one of you and love and appreciate you. All right. Until next time. All right, you messy, amazing, emotional, fabulous human beings doing this life thing. That is it for today's episode. I want to thank you so much for listening because out of all the millions, billions of podcasts in the world, you chose to listen to mine and that means a lot to me. And if you listen this far, I know you never want to miss a new episode. So to make sure that doesn't happen, click follow in your podcast player of choice and you will be alerted every time I drop a new one. 
To help me grow and help the podcast reach as many people as possible, go ahead and leave an honest rating and review. Not only that, I love to hear your feedback, so please share it with me. I read every single review, and you just might hear it read out loud on the podcast. To connect with me directly, follow me on social media and keep up with all the new updates. You can find that all at backfromtheborderline.com. And as always, any articles, resources, or other helpful information you've heard today can be found in the description of this podcast episode. So don't forget to check out the show notes. And until we meet again, remember, life is a circle, a cycle, a process, separation, initiation, return. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon booklist recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.